thank you for joining me here today. I'm, I'm really pleased to have Keith Inston joining us all the way from Toledo, Ohio in the United States. Keith, thanks for joining us. Great, Steve. Nice to be here. Nice to, nice to be chatting. It's been a while since you and I first met, hasn't it? We met uh, just over 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Back when people could get in a plane and go to conferences and have drinks at bars together. That yep. was, uh, I met a lot of folks over my career with that one. And it's, it's nice staying in touch. Sometimes we sort of stay in touch just talking about professional things, but others it's how's, how's the spouse? How are the kids? And, and you know, like how, how grown up are they now as we get older, right? Yeah, so. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> But it's good, it's good to have you here and it's good to be talking and we're looking forward to having you at UX Australia this year. Um, let's, let's kick off by uh, just asking the question, what is UX like in Ohio and the US at the moment? And probably the US is maybe a little too broad because I know it's very different depending on which part of the country you're in. What's it like in Ohio? Yeah, yeah. So as as usual, right, the answer is it depends. It's, it's you know, things are not evenly distributed. Yep. Uh, but there's definitely uh, uh, a large interest in user experience trying to understand what it what it means. Um, I, you know, I live in a in a largely sort of old world manufacturing kind of thing. So the, the local companies that I talk with every day here in Toledo, they're still sort of manufacturing based, but they're, you know, they're getting digital transformation. They're understanding that they're going to have to be somewhat in a software type business in order to compete. Right. And so, yeah, okay. so we have some like a solar manufacturer here in town that really understands it. So I spend okay. time with them. Um, we have some like logistics companies that aren't just, you know, trying to help their clients operate the warehouses, but they're developing innovative software to go along with the forklifts that they, you know, that they would normally just, just be running a bunch of forklifts. Right. So, okay. so it's, it's definitely creeping into sort of the, the old, Old, uh, the old industries, um, but of course that's not evenly distributed. Um, uh, in in other parts of Ohio, like in in Columbus, where they have some more like financial services and insurance companies, right? Then those mm. then they're really really leading the way. Okay. So 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 we've we've got a mix across, and then of course lots of different individual levels of understanding right yeah. um there's just a huge huge surge in jobs that have the letters u and x in it right not a lot of hr folks you know a lot of hr folks are writing their very first job description like that and yeah, wow. they're still learning like what does this mean you know how, how are these design jobs different from these other type of jobs that that you know that that they're used to writing for because there's there's there, it's new to them right so I'm spending I'm spending time with HR professionals to understand what their challenges are and say like oh you know these are the you know you talk about soft skills and how important they are make sure you got lots of soft skills and these sort of things and maybe the tech skills don't quite matter as much as you think they would wow it's it's a it's a little surprising that the you know that uh, it's it's a new thing for HR people, um, you know, 20 years, 25, 30 years down the line. I mean, you've been at this for, for 30 years. Um, it, it must be a little, uh, a little uh, a bit of deja vu for you to, to walk into one of those meetings and um, be going back over that kind of ground. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so some of it, again, some folks got it a long time ago. Some for some of them, it's new. So mm -hmm. I have to sort of say the old thing, but it's usually in a newer way. So um, when I talked to a lot of HR folks, they're actually they're getting into it because in addition to just sort of writing job descriptions and hiring, firing people, they're also getting engaged in em employee experience things, right? Uh, so they're, right, yeah, they're taking okay. the mantle. So now they're looking at like, look at all these software tools. I need these to help our employees be more efficient and more productive and more happy. So yep. again, they're talking to me like, they're talking, you know, uh, talking to me about how to use some of these tools themselves, right? So, so I think that combination of, of when they pick up the the mantle, um, there's there's a couple groups that I've talked to that are using, using design thinking as innovation within the employee experience, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Those are HR people I love hanging out with, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those. Um, I mean, that area, just like um, you know, when you start to look at those uh, internal services, if you like, so within a large organization, you've got a number of, you know, what are often, but um, sort of uh, brought under the banner of a shared service or an internal right, service. Yeah. So yeah. things like HR, but also IT, finance, um, right. you know, those things are often, uh, even marketing in some organizations yeah. operates yes. as a shared service across a number of different divisions um, and trying to get them thinking about, well, you have a customer and that customer is another part of the business and right. you can you can think about what you do in relation to delivering on a need that they have just like you're organized and it, it starts to shift their thinking about what they are and what they do um, in some really interesting ways sometimes yeah yeah so again like we sort of grew up more in the e-commerce things where it was easier to make the case that says you you pay us to design better experiences and you make more money, right? Yep. And then when when I was at IBM and when I was doing consulting on internal projects, it was always, there was no money to be involved. And it's just, just install, just install SharePoint so it doesn't suck, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and so it's nice to see like, now wait, the, the employee experience matters. Mm -hmm. So we're taking some of the same, some of the same psychology that we learned before and we're just applying yep. it a little bit because, you know, mm -hmm. we still need to motivate people, but maybe we don't quite sell to them right yeah. right so it's some of the same psychology but with a little bit of a twist um it's nice to have some some more resources than we had in the past mm -hmm. you know because in the past you know the internet was the the least funded thing well we don't call them internets anymore we have better names oh. but if yep. those better names lead to more funding then that's what we're then that's what we're designing that's so. what we're doing yeah and it's it's interesting um we've noticed when organizations start to apply the, that notion of, of UX to some of their internal operations and the way they engage with their staff, they actually start to change the way that they actually work and they change the way that they start to make decisions and engage with one another. Are you seeing that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, usually, and, and actually for, for one of my clients, their, their internal user experience work is actually coupled with their change management work, right? There's yeah, there are two okay. parallel teams, but there's actually some people that, that like work on both teams at the same time, right? So yeah. again, this idea that that we need to be continually improving internally mm -hmm. and you, these user experience methods that we use, the processes that we use, the mindset that comes with it, that yeah. that all helps helps us change the organization. So mm -hmm. that's usually when we have the the most success when we can pair those together. Yeah. And that's one of the things that that's sort of one of my spins that I hope to talk about. Yeah, good. We um, we sometimes see 
those sorts of changes and those sorts of change programs being triggered by um, a change in office space or a renovation to um, you know the the office moving to an open plan or an activity based working and everyone goes what's that going to mean for how we actually work together right yeah, and 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 the the one in the news now is right where everybody's working from home. So in right in, right in the case of, in yes, the case of a, yeah. in a pandemic. So yeah, so I've seen that within you know we're going to the open office. So now we have to be more collaborative in teams. So how do we collaborate face to face? Well, we mm -hmm. can do some design thinking things face to face. Yep. Um, but now with with the pandemic, now we we want to be equally collaborative. But now we have some software in the way, right? Yeah. And so it's it's less. I've I've been working with like some folks in higher education that suddenly got thrown into, you know, basically Zoom teaching, right? Yeah, wow, right. Yeah. And so now we're going through. Let's think about the experience of doing all of this through software like Zoom or Teams or, or Google Meets or whatever, yeah. and. And, you know, we're not thinking of like, well, what software can we write to fill in the gaps? But like, how can we configure this thing differently? What is under your control? You necessarily can't control certain things about the software you're using, but what can we control about the experience? How can we design the whole classroom? How could we just, you know, not use certain features yeah. or whatever so that, so that we get them thinking about the more of like the learner experience, right? The learner experience, but through this, through this sort of, very low this like low quality type thing like we're chatting through right now yeah <laughs> so. yeah and we i mean uh, one of the the conversations that we've seen come up quite a lot is the uncertainty around how long this thing's going to last so um you know you you were mentioning earlier that you've been thrown into level three uh restrictions now that sort of clamping down uh, just that much more in in your state um We've, we've had the same thing here in Australia. Um, and the question is always, how, how long is it going to be like this? How much of this change will stick? Um, how much should we be investing in new ways of working and new technologies? Um, if it's only going to be a few weeks or it's only going to be a few months or maybe it's, it's going to be longer. Um, and we've seen recently like a, a bunch of schools, uh, colleges in the U S now coming out saying, look, this, this academic year is going to be delivered online. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So for me, again, you know, not saying that there's really anything good to come out of it, but it has forced us to rethink some things. Yeah. Right. And so there are, um, uh, I've got a couple clients where they're, you know, they're sort of like talking like, you know what, hey, this, this, this conversion to working from home, this actually isn't going too bad. This is like, our productivity is actually up, right? And then I, mm -hmm. I half jokingly say, well, that was because your like your office culture sucked anyway, right? So, <laughs> right, because, you know, it was it was toxic. So when people yep. could be at home, and they don't have to put up with certain yep. people, they could just sort of mute them on, on the zoom call and things, right? So, so that's, yep. you know, but, but yeah, so there, there are opportunities, I think, where we're gonna have to make the best of it. And I've noticed that a lot sort of within our user experience community, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, coming to Australia to speak at your conference has been on my bucket list to do, yep. right, to, to come and visit. But in this case, it's it's a lot easier to do it since I don't have to get on a plane and fly. Yes. Um, there's a there's a lot of uh, I recently did a sort of index of over a two week period in July, how many local meetups I could attend 
right. if I wanted to, right? And yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. Um, one day last week, there were like eight UX meetups all around the world, all basically happening at the same time, right? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> right? And, and they're so, all available to you now. Right, right. And they're, yeah. and they're all available. And so I've been going to some of those to just sort of learn, learn what's happening in Texas, learn what's happening in London. Um, I know Margaret Hanley had one. Yes. Uh, was it this morning? It was three thirty in the morning for me, so I couldn't get up. But I'm going to watch it on replay, yeah, right? Agreed. So again, yep. so so at least I can I can be a little bit more engaged in in the Australian user experience community rather than yeah. me just sort of flying in, babbling yep. about something and then flying out. Right? For a few days, yeah, 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 yeah. And and at the same time, it's disappointing because that's one of the things right. that is actually um, great about a conference like UX Australia is that we actually get to host people from around the world and right. show them our hometown, not just uh, talk about it, but actually, right. Right. you know, take you to some of our favorite restaurants or, you know, like you, you can go and, and walk on the beach or, or walk along the coastline and see, you know, these sort of wonderful uh, sandstone cliffs that uh, line the coastline in Sydney and, uh, you know, watch the whales as they head down the right. coast from, from the, the cliff top and like all of those sorts of things that we are just not able to do this year. Right. Um, and I'm already sort of in a situation now where we're starting to think about, well, what does 2021 hold? Right. Um, right. And whilst our restrictions might uh, ease um, by that stage quite happily, um, it is still likely to be restricting the ability of other people to travel and that kind of stuff. So, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yes. it, it, it's an it's an interesting tension between what we've lost right. and the opportunities that it now affords us. Right, right. So, so yeah. So we're we're starting to think about what we want to do for World Usability Day here in Ohio, Michigan. And yep. um, one problem that we've had is like like Michigan, Ohio. Those are those are big states and. I like driving around a couple hours to go to meetups and so on, but other people like, you know, we could, we couldn't all get together in one place for one of anyway. We just didn't have one large enough. So yep. we're thinking again for world usability day, it will be maybe like five different events all hosted from five different parts of the States. And yep. we just have somebody pressing buttons on some yep. hop in or zoom. Sure. And, and, and again, that will, you know, it's not, not as good as having somebody drive three hours to be there for the day with us, but um, in some sense, some people were never going to make that three-hour drive anyway. No, no, no. Um, so we've we've touched a couple of times on this notion of like the the different spins uh, of UX. You mentioned one of them. What are some of the others that we're we're going to be hearing about? Right. Yeah. So so the trigger was really talking to different folks and having them be confused about user experience, either because they're new or some of us been veterans like you and me are just complaining. Like I, I went into work this month and nobody at work understood UX anymore. We just argued about it because, because yep. everybody thinks it's the same as design thinking or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just started teasing some things apart that says, well, wait a second here. When, you know, when, when Jared Spool does a tweet that says everybody is a designer and this, you know, 500, 500 tweet response happens. I've actually like broke apart those 500 responses into like six yeah. different categories. Is it? Yeah, oh, okay. right. These six make sense, yep. but not next to these other six because they're, you know, one of them is talking about design as a profession, yep. like, you know, like a super, like a, uh, uh, an Olympic athlete. And yep. somebody else is talking about design is just a skill that if everybody in the world was a better designer, you know, the world wouldn't suck so much. Right. Yep. 
Yep. And so, and so when you tease apart some discussions like that, you can actually have some meaningful discussions. So, so I just started making some of those lists and then coming up with some provocative statements that I will propose mm. that hopefully, you know, half the audience will not agree with and the other half will. And yep. so then let's have a discussion on like, well, I like that. I yeah. like that spin about process, Keith, but it's not quite right. Oh, let's yep. let's talk about user experience as a process, and even a little bit of the history, like how how did we come to talk about user experience yeah. as a process? I thought it was user centered design. Well, we changed our language over the years, yep. for better for worse. Yes. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to go back to some old terms. Maybe it's time to invent new ones. But at the very least, every time you say the word user experience, pause for a second. Because if, if you like, you might have to add a word before it or after it so that whoever you're talking to actually understands what you're saying, because that's, yeah. unfortunately, we just live in this, this world where it's, it's, it's all jumbled up for lots of people. I mean, we have operated in a space that's been fairly fluid forever. Um, you know, and I, I remember uh, early discussions where you know, uh, the, the relative weight of information architecture or interaction design or, or visual communication or usability or user testing as something else, um, you know, like people's perception of what user experience really was quite often right. depended on which of those skill sets they brought right. to bear. Or, um, right, or what they studied in college five years ago, right? Yep, yep. And it's... Um, it's not like I, we, we probably would have settled that argument if we were still working on exactly the same things. Right. Right. But, right. but we're not. And, and, right. and we really haven't been back then. We were sort of working on web-based systems and right. we started to work on actually even before that we were working on installed software type things right. and then right. web systems and yep. apps and, um, you know, like, and now yep. we're talking about ways of working. Um, right. You know, I do projects that are applying these principles to train station design right. and how people right. navigate through train stations right. and understanding right. space and directionality and, you know, yep. flow yep. speeds and different. Uh, and it's it's the same. But if I use that as my definition of user experience, then a whole bunch of people would be sitting there shaking their heads at me. Right, right. Yeah. So as right, as soon as we figured out one technology, as soon as we figured out, you know, how to design for a GUI, then the web came along and then mobile <laughs> apps came along. And now, you know, voice recognition, all the other things came along. So the, the technology yeah. is one thing that keeps changing. Um, yeah. The the skills that we need keep changing, right? You know, when I started, it was mostly my computer science skills, but then yeah. I had to pick up library science skills, visual design skills, mm -hmm. um, you know, corporate management, like change management type skills, right? So like, yeah. I, you know, I don't have a degree in change management but I've gone back and read all the textbooks that I can get on you know without yep. paying the $50,000 for the degree I've I've learned as much as I can yep. um, so we're constantly yeah. learning some of those and then the rest of the world is changing too because a lot of companies again usability was you know we'll, we'll just pay for it at the very last minute just to make sure it's it's not going to crash and burn yep. uh -huh. now you know, you know, so, so their attitude has changed. So there's like four different moving targets, which, yeah. which for some people, you know, makes it difficult, but it, it just makes it interesting. Right. Cause like, okay, what's, yeah. what's next month, what's the new thing that I'm going to have to either learn or explain or, you yeah. know, what, what new five books am I going to have to check out of the library? Yeah. <laughs> so. Look, the, um, the, 
the integration of change management, which you just mentioned, um, even just that in itself right. um, opens up a whole raft of different ways of thinking about what we're doing, um, why engagement with stakeholders is so interesting at different times. Um, for change managers, like you know, traditional change managers, quite often was a communication exercise, right? And right. you know, as much as anything, it was mostly about how we tell you that things are going to change, whether you changed. like it or not, right? That's right. Or that right. something yep. just, yeah. Um, whereas now we're trying to engage people in a journey where they're involved in the design of that new thing that they're right. subsequently going to be using. So they're having input into their new way of working or their new environment or their new technologies. Um, and, and the change management folks are looking at that going, actually, that's a really powerful way of working. Right, right. And then when I've sort of started going to change management conferences and learning, right, part, you know, for them, when I showed up, it was like, why are you here? Oh, you're that yep. tech guy, right? So yeah. immediately, like, you know, can you help us do this uh -huh. thing? But then, you know, what evolved was that they started using more and more tech in order yes. to do their change management. So then it's like, well, then I can contribute and I can start to explain user experience concepts. Mm -hmm. like, like, okay, let's talk about interaction design and UI design and they can go back and actually start applying that. So, so I yeah. was learning from, I've been learning from them and they've been learning from us. So that, that seems like a good marriage. I love it. I love it. Look, Keith, um, Thank you. Uh, we're looking forward to diving into that in uh, more detail in August when okay. you join us for the conference. Um, thank you very much for your time this evening. I know it's getting a little late there in Toledo. It, it, what, what does time mean anymore, right? What does time mean? Yeah. I, again, I, 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 could, I can sleep in, in the middle of the day. It doesn't really matter. So, <laughs> so but yes, Steve, it, it's, been, it's been nice chatting and um, I'm looking forward to the talk. I'm actually doing a, a, I've done a couple test runs. I'm doing a test run on Monday with folks in Canada. So nice. I've already taken my American version and Canadianized it. And then I okay. still have to then Australiaize it or whatever it's called, right? Yes. So, because I've got some some things that I want to dive deep into that are yep. specific, you know, they'll be specific to you guys, such Wonderful. as like, like what universities are teaching what. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. So. We look forward to it. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much.